Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Neil Howard, here on Health Professional Radio. Real glad that you could join us. We're going to be speaking with Barb Dean. Joining us here is a practicing women's health nurse practitioner to discuss vaginal health, yeast infections, and the latest treatment advancements, including an FDA-approved therapy that can kill yeast entirely called Brexifem. Welcome to Health Professional Radio, Barb Dean. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much, Neil. Tell us a bit about yourself and um, what it means to be a uh, women's health nurse practitioner briefly. Sure. I'm a women's health nurse practitioner, and I've been practicing for over 30 years caring for women. And as many of your listeners know, women's health nurse practitioners examine, diagnose, prescribe, and treat a variety of conditions for women who are you know, from their teens until well past 80 or 90. Mm. And we provide well women exams and we take care of other conditions that may be kind of problem uh, problematic or troublesome to women. For our listeners who may not be familiar, what is a yeast infection? What causes it? And what's the go-to treatment? Well, as most of us know, yeast infections are very common. In fact, most women, 70%, will have one during their lifetime. And because they're so common, we tend to minimize it. And yet there's such a big impact on a woman's life. I say it's kind of like having a mosquito bite and a paper cut in a very tender part of our vulva Mm -hmm. and around our vagina at the same time. And so while most of us have seen a patient with a yeast infection um, that causes a discharge, itching and burning, pain with intercourse, um, we don't want to minimize this because Um, Many women um, have a lot of questions about it. There can be shame around it that perhaps they um, caused it themselves from hygiene, and we want to reassure them that they didn't. And then many women um, believe that it's a sexually transmitted infection, um, and many women don't even bring it up with their healthcare provider, and they may not bring it up with their partners. So there's a lot that's hidden um, about yeast infections. You mentioned one of the misconceptions about being a sexually transmitted disease. With that not being the case, are men affected by yeast infections at all? Well, many men can have yeast infections. Many men call it jock itch, Mm. um, but it is not typically transmitted from a partner. You know, as as we know, um, our genitals are very different. So men, their genitalia is on the outside of their body, but for women... Um, our vaginas um, are, are typically squamous cells on the inside. We have a vaginal pH that's, the, um, that's influenced by our vaginal biome, the universe of healthy bacteria that keep the pH of the vagina nice and acidic and, and help prevent the overgrowth of yeast and, and other bacteria. For men, it's a little bit different. Um, oftentimes, men will get um, a yeast infection, a lot of men have it on their toes, right? They get the um, athlete's foot. That's a yeast infection. Um, or they'll have it in, in any warm, moist area mm-hmm. of the body. Um, so, of course, in the genitals as well. When it comes to, to summer, yeast infections and some of the activities that go along with summer, such as swimming, going to the beach, the lake, is summer a bit more problematic than any of the other seasons when it comes to these yeast infections? You know what, Neil? It can be because it's warm and it's often moist if it's humid and people can be in their bathing suits for a long period of time and that can promote the overgrowth of yeast. And, you know, we all have things on our skin, right, Um, that are opportunistic and kind of looking for a way to multiply and um, to survive. 
And so the summer can be a time when many, many women have more um, more problems with yeast infection. Now, although common, they are preventable, correct? Well, that's a misconception. Wow. You know what? 50% of the time when a woman has a yeast infection, we can find no identifiable risk factors. Wow. That there are some like being like having diabetes or having high blood sugar, being on immunosuppressant medication. But many times, you know, we are we're wondering, well, what caused this? There's there's certain certain things we can do to help reduce the uh, likelihood. But we can't guarantee that a woman won't have a yeast infection no matter what she does. And I think that's important because it helps reduce some of the shame that women might have mm -hmm. and some of the self-blame that they may be experiencing. What about misdiagnosis? Is that ever a problem when it comes to yeast infections? I think I could probably see some of my colleagues now who are listening uh, nodding their heads so often when a woman has any kind of vaginal itching or burning or, or even discharge, they automatically assume that it's a yeast infection, um, but it may not be. Um, we know that about 50% of women, very understandably, are busy. They can't get in to see a healthcare provider, even by telehealth. And so we'll head over to the drugstore and pick up anything on the shelf. Um, and so often, you know, women may be treating themselves with a vaginal lubricant or something for another another um, issue like a UTI. I've had mm -hmm. patients say, well, I was using this um, cranberry extract for my yeast infection. And then oftentimes, instead of being yeast, it could be a bacterial infection. So we know that it's very common that women self-diagnose. But we also know that unless healthcare providers are using cultures, unless they're using uh, culture or nucleic acid amplification testing or NAT testing that we often have misdiagnosis ourselves. The FDA has approved Brexafem. Could you give us a bit of background on this compound and tell us how it differs from other therapies for yeast infections? Well, uh, back about a year ago, the FDA approved Brexafem, which is a novel non-azole. So all of the other medications for yeast are, they all end in A-Z-O-L-E. They're all azole medications and there's various creams and there's an oral um, azole medication. These are all, which is surprising to a lot of colleagues, they're fungistatic. That means they don't actually kill the yeast. But Brexafem, um, and the uh, generic name is Ibrexafunger. It is a novel fungicidal medication. It actually kills the yeast. It breaks down the fungal cell wall and it kills the yeast. So Brexafem uh, was approved a year ago. I have some experience prescribing it. Now, it's not for every woman. Um, it should not be used in pregnancy but it has um, excellent uh, data in their phase three clinical trials showing um, complete resolution of signs and symptoms, which is a really high bar for any medication, complete resolution of signs and symptoms at day 10, but then a sustained response at day 25 as well. Can it be used at any age? What's, uh, what the FDA indicated Brexafen for was for women of reproductive age from age 12. They were studied in women age 12 on, um, 8 to 65 was the oldest woman in the studies. So, um, that covers pretty much, uh, most of the patients that we'll be seeing. 
In your experience, are most physicians familiar and knowledgeable about yeast infections to where the misdiagnosis rate should be dropping? Is this something that, you know, it's as, as common as it is? Shouldn't it be like part of the early days of medical training? Well, Neil, that's such a great question. I think that because it is so common, it gets, it's overlooked, it's dismissed, it's minimized. And after all, it's no one, um, it's not a heart attack, it's not brain surgery. Um, many times, healthcare providers, the, the people caring for women are, are nurse practitioners, PAs, certified nurse midwives. And many of us uh, were taught to use microscopy to diagnose yeast. But if it's, um, when, when we think about yeast infections, a lot of us were not trained in microscopy. And when we think about non-Albacans Canada, that's uh, what's called NAC, uh, the, the ones that are not Canada albicans, but things like Canada glabrata, it doesn't have the um, typical pseudo-hyphae that you would see under a KOH or potassium prep under the microscope. So that's why it's really important to use objective testing, again, like a culture or nucleic acid amplification testing, um, because then women are getting the correct diagnosis and then they can be treated with the correct medication. Give us a website where our listeners can learn more, if you would. Sure. Um, our listeners can learn more at Cynexus.com. That's S-C-Y-N-E-X.com. They may also try Brexafem hcp.com. Listeners might also go to globenewswire.com for more information. Barb, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for uh, coming in this evening and speaking with us. It's been a pleasure. Neil, thank you so much for some great questions. And again, please, for women, we just don't want to minimize this very common infection. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Barb Dean, practicing women's health nurse practitioner. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.